You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Central Florida. And man, I I really am just thankful for you listening. Uh, We have now officially topped the 4,000 download mark, which is incredible because we've only existed for 22 days as of the recording uh, of this episode. I mean, there are podcasts that have been out there uh, on iTunes for years that that have never hit that, you know, the 4,000 download mark. So the fact that we've been able to hit that in less than a month is a really, really big deal. I don't say that bragging or, or kind of tooting my own horn. I say that because I'm thankful and I'm humbled. I mean, really, it's because of you. Uh, the success of this podcast is because of you, the listener. So thank you for downloading. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all the incredible reviews. I think we've got 34 reviews at this point. And so if you're someone that's inclined to do that, I would highly encourage you to go to, over to iTunes and leave a five-star review that really helps us a lot um, as people are searching out the podcast. So thank you, thank you for all of you making this podcast successful. I am so incredibly humbled and so appreciative of all of you. A quick reminder, as always, the podcast is brought to you by Blue Sky Missions. We we know that many people want to engage in global missions. People want to go on short-term missions trips because it's awesome and it's life-changing. And if you've never been on a trip, I highly encourage you to go on a short-term trip. Uh, but the reality is planning trips can be extremely difficult. And so Blue Sky makes that easy. So I want to encourage you, head over to blueskymissions.org, whether you're an individual that wants to go on a trip or if you're a youth pastor or maybe a campus ministry director, you want to plan a trip for your group, head over to the website and check out blueskymissions.org. Well, I'm excited about today's episode. Um, I've got a guest on the show, and so have not had a chance to do this a lot yet, but actually am, I have uh, have done several interviews, and so over the next few weeks, you're going to see more and more episodes. It's not just me talking, but me and some of my friends and some people that I respect that, that I'm bringing on to, to share some great uh, you know, godly wisdom and some great insights with you. And so a good friend of mine that I have on the show today is a friend, uh, her name is Mary Butler. She is actually a student at Bethlehem Baptist uh, School, uh, Bethlehem Baptist Seminary, which is the seminary and college that is uh, owned and managed by Bethlehem Baptist Church. That's a, a mega church in Minneapolis. That's actually the church where John Piper pastored for more than three decades. And so Mary uh, grew up as a part of that church. Her dad was in leadership there. And then uh, she was a, a an intern and student in Texas for a few years. And then she's back now at Minneapolis, in Minneapolis. She's a, a student there at the school. And uh, her and I were dialoguing a few weeks ago, just talking about this idea of dealing with repentance versus regret. You know, people walk around feeling uh, sorry for things, or they or they have a fear of regret. But sometimes genuine repentance isn't a part of the story. And and she really talks about the idea how so often we have this small view of God. And so I really respect Mary. She's got incredible wisdom way beyond her years. And uh, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy this interview. So. Without further ado, here is my interview with Mary Butler. Today I'm excited. We've got a special guest, a friend of mine from a place that is, oh, maybe just slightly colder than Orlando, uh, the great snowy 
frozen tundra of Minneapolis, Minnesota, a dear friend of mine, uh, Mary Butler. Mary, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Kind of cold. <laughs> kind of cold, to be what, honest. What's the temperature today in Minneapolis? I think it's like in the mid-20s right now. Oof. Oh, that's actually pretty warm. Yeah, the snow, we've, we've got about seven inches of snow today. Oh, that's pretty good. It warmed uh, up a little bit just, just so that it was warm enough to snow. Uh, well, it is 79 degrees outside my window, so just slightly warmer than what you're dealing with there. Uh, Mary uh, and I met through a large Christian nonprofit that we were both uh, working for in Texas several years ago. Um, and so I just really respect her as a, as a young adult with just great wisdom um, beyond her years. And I just really think you guys are going to like what Mary has to say. So Mary, thank you for joining us. Uh, excited about the topic we're going to dive into. Before we started recording, Mary, you were giving us, uh, you were giving me some thoughts on the idea of dealing with regret versus repentance. And you even use the term theology of regret. You said people walk around with this attitude or theology of regret. Kind of unpack that thought for us. What does that really mean? Um, well, I think it can look a lot of different ways. I think one of the things that I have personally um, just processed, had to process through a lot with regret is a lot of fear. It comes from a lot of fear and fear of making the wrong choices in life. Regret can often be confused with repentance. And that's another area that um, I've struggled with a lot is feeling regret over past sin. So Mary, you're telling us that people walk around with regret and they're not necessarily actually embracing repentance that people walk around with regret give us an example where someone where this may be the case give us a practical example where this actually applies in our lives part of the reason that this is something that's so important to me is because this was something that i processed through last year when i was trying to make a decision about school and i really wanted to quit school i was seeking counsel and and talking to a lot of people about this big decision that i had that i felt like was going to change my life. Like it was either going to lead me in one direction or another. And it just felt really heavy. And I was feeling this fear of making a decision that I would regret and making a decision that would be wrong. And that would not be what God wanted me to do. And that I would lead myself into suffering by making this wrong decision. And I had a lot of people in with the best of intentions say to me when I was telling them that I want, that I wanted to quit school, that that was a decision that I would regret and I should stay in school. I was hearing them talk about making this decision and seeing one choice repeatedly kind of held above the other. They wanted me to stay in school and not quit and saying like, you're going to regret that. You don't, don't quit or you'll regret it. And I just, that didn't feel right. It didn't sound right. It didn't, lined up with what I was feeling about, it lined up with what I was feeling about being afraid and it didn't line up about what I was, what I knew to be true about God. And so I really just stepped back and I stopped talking to people about it for a little while. And I just really needed to think about why I was making the decision that I was making. And I ended up, I did end up staying in school and I really am thankful for that. But really the only reason that I am afraid is because I'm afraid that I'm going to mess up my life. It just came down to, I was afraid of regretting my decision. Mary, I hear you saying one thing that kind of an under a theme through everything you're saying is that there are people in the world making decisions based upon what they think they may or may not regret. Like there's a fear that if I do this, I might regret it. Or they, or they say, 
if I don't do this, I may regret not doing this, right? So, and I hear you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, I hear you saying it, it is it is spiritually and emotionally unhealthy to allow that fear of regret to now govern how you're making choices. Yeah, and I think that it's easy to confuse that with an over, like, I think it's easy to over-spiritualize that. Regret is a small view of God. I, I actually think, both in your example with school, and I'm just thinking about random examples in my own life, and you're right, sometimes we're praying and we're fasting, and maybe we're saying to ourselves and maybe to other people, oh, I'm trying to seek the will of God, or I'm trying to hear the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, there could be, in a lot of cases, it's actually not a, a true seeking of the Holy Spirit's consulting, and more just a, a fear that God's not sovereign, or a fear that I'm going to make a decision and just blow it all, and my destiny is now shattered. And that, this is actually a really good concept that I think that you're hitting on in a way that I, I think most people don't ever think about. I mean, I hear you saying, God is big enough that even if you had chosen to leave school, that God is still sovereign, God is still big enough that he is going to have his way and ultimately accomplish whatever it is he wants to accomplish. Because it's not like you're running away from God, but it, but for you, in your case, a part of the equation, a part of your thought process was, I may regret this. And ultimately you're saying that speaks to a small view of God. And if you really believe God is big, if you really believe that he controls everything, if you really believe that he knows best and that he's for you, if you really believe the promise in Romans 8 that he works all things together for the good of those who love him, like if we actually believe that to be true, then he would still work together you quitting school for his glory and for your good. Your decision doesn't undo his ability to work all things together for your good. Even if you choose something, even if it was a foolish decision to leave school. So that's what I, that's what I hear you saying. And I agree with you actually a hundred percent. And I think it bleeds into another arena of our faith that I want to ask you about it. If you can kind of unpack for a moment, the idea of regret versus repentance, because I think that bleeds into our area of forgiveness. I think people will sin sometimes and will then feel like they have to carry the regret. They feel bad for years and years and years. Um, and they say, oh yeah, I've asked God for forgiveness. I know he's forgiven me, but they haven't really embraced forgiveness. They don't, re they still feel regret. And ultimately I think it's the same thing. They feel the regret of some sinful choice. And ultimately when you feel regretful for a sinful choice, you're basically saying God's not big enough to forgive you. I mean, you're basically not believing he's actually as gracious as he's, as he claims to be. So it's again, regret again is, in a different area, still showing that you have a small view of God in some way. Uh, but you said something earlier about people confusing regret with repentance. Kind of just, can you unpack for us just for you know, a moment, what is repentance and how is it that people confuse the two? Well, I think there's Second Corinthians, uh, there's a verse in Second Corinthians that says, um, it's seven, Second Corinthians seven ten. It says, "For godly grief produces a, a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces produces death." And I think that that hit on the head for me the difference for one between regret and repentance, and the the need to clarify them. So I think on the one hand, repentance. It, it leads to life. It leads to us seeing God as big and big enough and forgiving enough and merciful and good and gracious. And we see the cross of Christ as worthy enough to take away our sin. And, you know, like I think repentance in and of itself requires that we are humbled 
to be small before God and see our weakness and, and that we see the goodness and greatness of God. And it leads to life and it leads to joy in him and, and freedom in a way that regret cannot give us. And regret, mm. I think, is something that, like it says, it leads to death. It leads to a weight of my need to do something, to feel this burden of, I wish I hadn't done that. Like God, God is not looking for us to walk around wishing that we were more sovereign than we are. We're, we are small and insignificant and we are broken and sinful. And God knows that. And he is not confused about that. And so when we repent and say, there's nothing I can do. I already did it too late. I already sinned. You are good and great and sovereign and you love me in Christ and I am small and I can't change anything that I already did, nor can I change anything about who you are or who I am. Like it is totally up to you and receiving that repentance, like receiving the grace that comes from repentance and the life that it gives the freedom and joy that we receive in Christ new again. But I think that oftentimes we, we feel that regret is, is the option that we choose because it is comfortable for us to try to take responsibility for our actions. And mm. I think that that is just wrong. And I think that it's not who God is. He doesn't ask us to carry our sin in Christ. Like we don't do both. You don't carry your sin and trust in Christ. Those things don't go together. A big view of God where our eyes are open to him frees us from regret and gives us life. That's really, really good. Um, it, so someone is dealing with regret and, and I, people have asked me before, like, you know, how do I, you know, how should you feel after you've sinned? And man, if you've genuinely come to the Lord and confessed and asked for forgiveness, like you should not feel, um, I, I was going to say you should not feel bad for that. And maybe that's the bad lingo. You, you should feel clean because you've been clean. You should feel, you should not feel dirty still. Uh, so people ask me at the time, like, would you go back? If I could go back and change it, sure I would. Like. If I could go back in time, but I can't. I love that you said that. Like, I can't go back and change that. I can't go back and undo it. Um, I did feel dirty for it in the moment because I recognized that I am dirty in my own depravity. But in Christ, I've been made clean. I've been made righteous. I've been made right. So I should feel like I've been made right. I should feel like I'm innocent. I should feel like I'm not guilty because that's what Christ has done on my behalf. And if if I'm not feeling right, if I'm not feeling clean, as I'm feeling dirty, I'm still feeling like I'm in, in the wrong, even after I've genuinely sought God's forgiveness, then I that I'm, I'm, I'm have, I have a small view of God at that point. Um, I, have a, I have a limited view of how big his grace really is for me. And so I, I think what you're saying are things that I've said to people on a regular basis and have a lot of agreement with, um, obviously. How, how does someone who has a small view of God gain a larger view of God? Um, I could only say that they should read the word. <laughs> I think that there is, I can't say how many times I have been, I mean, just to give you a little snapshot in my life, I drive in my car and I pray out loud. And that's like my little place where I can just vent and be loud and it doesn't matter. Nobody's listening, not even the radio. And God is with me there. And oftentimes what happens is I start out 
saying, God, I'm afraid, or I'm, I am anxious, or I don't know what to do, or I, I have these anxieties or fears in my mind, and I'm trying to get them out. And the place that I always run is, for one, I usually run to Lamentations 3, and then Psalm 27, and Psalm 78, uh, sorry, Psalm 84, and thinking like, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Like, having a big view of God is not always where I run to first. Where I run to is like, God, I'm I'm afraid or I am I am here feeling this way and through through getting those thoughts out a lot of times the thing that helps me is to just recite or read scripture and read the promises of God to that thing. Come on. And get to the end of them like processing through the specific fear or the specific area where you feel like God is small in my mind right now in this area and saying to that fear god is a sun and shield like god is Mm. is my light and my guard and my and the lord of hosts what does that make my fear look like then it's good there's a lot of psalms and a lot of specific verses that i go to um a lot of romans when you said you mentioned Romans 8 before. Romans 8, 28 and 29, those are really helpful for me. Um, God is good. He's for me and he is making me into his image. And um, yeah, I would say run to the word. That's good. Every time. Mary, that's a, that's a perfect answer. It's a simple answer, but it's the perfect answer because it's the word of God. It's his opinion, his thoughts. It's got life. Um, we, as you were just you were reciting some of the Bible verses that you kind, your kind of go to. I was thinking my go, my go to is Psalm one hundred three. Um, yeah. it, it's my favorite, and uh, you know when I, I I deal often with regret of my sin. I, I often feel dirty for, for things that I did. I mean, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, all of a sudden I, I remember some sinful choice I made, and all of a sudden it's like this just feeling of I'm a loser just kind of floods my soul. And that happens to me multiple times a week. And and I don't know if I'm normal in that or if I deal with this more than most. But for me, I my go I have several go-to passages and Psalm 103 is my favorite. Um, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He who forgives all your iniquity and who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. You know, that that's just that's the truth that I often run to. And I think uh, you know, later 103, uh, verse 8, you know, that says, uh, the Lord is merciful. He's slow to anger, gracious, abounding in love. You know, his, his steadfast love for those who fear him. Uh, as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our trans- transgressions from us. Like when I'm feeling those emotions and feeling that regret kind of taken over me, I begin to meditate on that passage, man, and it starts to fade away pretty quickly. And my view of God's grace gets oh so big all over again. When we have a small view of God, we run to his word and our view of him gets much bigger and clearer. And I think with that, just to say like, God is the one that fulfills his own promises. And so if he says something about himself, he's the one that's going to prove that that's true. And I think that God does that. And he, that that's where he oftentimes meets me is when I, when I forget and he, and he's proving himself. It's good stuff. 
I, uh, I want to encourage every person to take Mary's advice and, and run. Obviously, it's not just Mary's advice. Uh, the, we have lots of people before us that have told us um, that the word of God is valuable. And so that, that's really good stuff. Hey, Mary, thank you so much for sharing your, you know, just some of your wisdom and thoughts with uh, our audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you for spending the time. Well, there you have it. My interview with my dear friend, Mary Butler from Minneapolis. Man, I hope uh, hope that interview was helpful for you, insightful and encouraging in some way or another. I just want to remind you, in moments where you feel like you've got a small view of God, if you feel like you are seeing God in a small light, uh, just run to the Word. Find those passages of Scripture that will encourage you and will remind you that God is big. I believe that will alleviate the regret and the fear of regret that so often entangles us and, and distracts us. So again, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, I want to encourage you, if, if you have a question that you'd like to have answered on the podcast or or something you'd like to have addressed on the podcast, a particular topic, just shoot me an email. It's heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's heyortiz, H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z, at theologyfortherestofus.com. As always, our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a sailor, hey!